Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 119. I'm Kip Clark, and we're welcoming back a guest of whom we're very fond, Kasai Al-Satari. Thank you so much, Kip, for having me over again. I really enjoyed our last episode, and I'm very looking forward to this conversation. As am I. So we're going to be discussing specifically the idea of joining a community and what it means to enter into a new collective of people, a new society or microcosm of society, and to guide this conversation and perhaps differentiate it from our conversation on chosen families. I was really intrigued as I was thinking about what we would discuss by the idea that communities have their own cultures, however big or small, and within cultures, I would contend that communities have certain languages, certain postures maybe that people will make, or certain phrases that are key to certain communities, not necessarily as broad as English, Japanese, Spanish, and other languages, but the ways in which people communicate. And I want to know to what extent you've experienced in any interpretation, lingual adjustments when joining a community in which the language is already established. So when I started at Kenyan in my first semester, I realized that definitely language might be a barrier to joining a community because of communication. And I think that communication is a key for joining a community, but also to become an active member of that community. And even when I talk about language, it's not even just, as you said, like English or Arabic or Japanese. It's even what kind of language the community member used, what kind of language that the whole member as a whole agreed on consciously or subconsciously and decide to use when addressing each other, when discussing issues, when discussing challenges that they are facing as a community. So yes, I think that understanding of the language of a community is very important and a key to one's participation in that community. And I think participation is very key because we had a mutual friend of ours, Zach Caputo, on the show, and he and I discussed what it means to have a college as a small community. And in that conversation, we discussed how college students can participate in the shaping of a community. And one issue that I have or one challenge I find in joining a community is that I feel out of respect, a new member should be a little bit passive and receptive to the community instead of being too active and trying to shape it because they don't yet understand its rules and boundaries. And I want to know what your thoughts are on that theory, as it were. I agree with you. I think that if you're joining a community as an outsider, you first should observe and try to understand the dynamics, the culture, the ins and outs, how this community is structured. You should do that for a couple of months. But afterwards, I think that you have an obligation as a community member. If you want to start identifying as a community member, you have an obligation and responsibility to be an active agent, to be an active citizen of that community. And do you think there's a crux or a point at which you know you are allowed to be an active member of a community? Do you think community members will signal to you when they've welcomed you into a community? Or are you going to feel it hypothetically when you know you're ready to act? I think it's a combination of both. It's definitely relative and it depends from a community to community and an individual to another individual, but it's a combination of both. Once you start feeling that you have a better grasp of the community and its dynamics and what it stands for, then that will give you more confident and greater ability to become an active member. But you also want signals from the community and you want an invitation from community members to be like, we want you to become an active citizen. But again, it's a combination of both. And even sometimes some traditional communities might be resistant to new members joining them. 
And so one needs to kind of negotiate both and first make sure that they understand the community and its dynamics, but also gauge kind of other community members' interest in having them becoming active in that community. So I wonder, what do you think is the most important or what is the initial step that a new member of a community should take? That's a really good question. I would say a new member of a community should reach out at public events of sorts and participate, even if only as an audience member, let's say, whatever that community celebrates or reveres. For example, at Kenyan, acapella is a very big part of our community because many members enjoy singing acapella and many members of the community enjoy watching. And so I would say a community member who is just joining should at least attend some of these events and see, first of all, do I enjoy this? Did I join the right community? And is this a community in which I see myself engaging? And secondly, discussing those things and seeing why people value those events that outwardly appear very important. There are many posters or there's a lot of chatter about those events and seeing if you as the new community member feel comfortable in those spaces. And if not, perhaps you should find another community. And if so, it's a good sign that you've chosen the right community. That's what I would say. And to follow on that question, I'm wondering if you think that there is sub-communities within a larger community. Because for me, I think that when I joined Kenyan College and the community of Gambier, obviously there is the big Kenyan community, but also there is sub-communities within those communities. So what do you think about that point, and how important is it to try to bridge between those sub-communities? I think that's an excellent point, and one thing at which you're very adept, in my opinion, as I mentioned in the Chosen Families episode, is that you are excellent at bridging different sub-communities, because in my perspective and opinion, you care a lot about various people's opinions and various people in general. You reach out to others to learn more about them and genuinely include them in your conversations and social interactions and experiences. And I think underlying a lot of seemingly different or disparate activities, there is a common bond. I believe, for example, athletes can all understand one another because to be a part of a team involves physical coordination, but also teamwork and giving yourself to a larger group that is more than the sum of its parts. And similarly, athletes can understand theatrical performers or singers who also have to work together. And so I think bridging sub-communities involves a mental exercise in recognizing that the differences we put up are so superficial and aren't always a part of reality. And we'd like to think, I believe, on a mental level of preferred simplicity, that groups are different. And I can say, oh, I have these six close friends and that's all I need to worry about. When in reality, our college has about 1,800 students and faculty and, of course, citizens of the town Gambier where we live, that I don't think the mind often considers that those 2,000 plus people are not so different. We all eat food, we all need sleep, and we all on various levels like to laugh and socialize and I think explore new things. So to bridge sub-communities, as I've perhaps now over-explained, involves breaking down your own conceptions of the borders that exist within a community or within a sub-community. What do you think one should do in order to bridge sub-communities? I would definitely first like to highlight the importance of what you just said about realizing the commonality between those sub-communities. I'm really big on understanding our differences and that we need to celebrate diversity and differences within our community, but in the same time, we should definitely celebrate and realize commonality. Because once we start 
realizing that we have a lot of things in common between sub-communities and between each other, then we will be able first to quote-to-quote live peacefully with each other. And second, we will be able to come as a community as a whole to achieve certain goals that we want to aspire. And to keep each other on check and balances and to always hold each other accountable to the greater kind of benefit and to the greater good of the community. I like that a lot. And to take the conversation in a new trajectory, as a student who's taken anthropology classes, I've been very fascinated by those who join communities in order to study and learn about them, but maybe never intend to have an active or participatory role. And I want to know what you think in our modern age when people can keep tabs on other communities that are very distant through digital media or remain informed on other communities with which they aren't participating, do you think that one can A, be a member of a community without participating and can join a community in that way? And B, what do you think about staying in touch with communities where we are no longer specifically located? So first, I believe that participation is a key to joining a community. And that if you're just an observant member of a community, then you take a passive role. And again, what I mentioned earlier in this episode, that we have responsibility and obligation to our community and to give back. It's a reciprocal relationship when we're part of a community that we owe the community and the community owe us, especially because I believe that when you're part of community, the community shapes you and will always shape you and will shape your understanding of the world and how it functions. And so it is important to be an active member because if you're not an active member, then you're making a decision to stop learning, to stop developing. And to answer the second part of your question, I think that it is important to stay in touch with your own community, especially today in our age of technology and digital media. There's a lot of ways and a lot of mediums, and it's more accessible to get updates and to know about your community. And that is important because if you make a decision to rejoin your community, then if you come after a couple of years and you're completely out of touch, then that will be really, really hard, especially because communities, I believe that communities are always being reshaped and always changing, and they are very dynamic. So if we keep updated on what's happening in that community, we will not lose touch. So when you talk about participation, one aspect in participation sometimes for individual members of a community is the idea that you see a need for change or you would like change to occur. And that isn't always as easy as we'd like it to be or feasible because larger groups in the community or individual members are resistant or frustrated by the idea of change. And I want to know what your thoughts are about how community members can initiate change and what the steps are or what the process is like. Thank you for following up on this question, because I think at the core of being part of a community is, as you said, participation. And once you're an active participant of that community, you will start realizing that you'll have an idea about the necessity of changes within a community. And this is the real struggle and challenge of being a community, where if you're devoted and committed to a community, then you would like to see that community reaching better places and achieving its best. But then at the same time, you will have members, as you said, who might be resistant and who might be frustrated with you and your idea of change. So first, I think that one need to ask him or herself, what is our idea of change and why we think this community needs to change or what aspect of our community needs to change and why? And they need to articulate it and they need to go and talk with other members. And that's why with active participation, you need also to do a lot of kind of coalition building or going and talking with all members and it should be a group effort. 
different stakeholders in a community come together and they decide that this is what's best for our community, this is what we're going to do. So if an individual member have an idea of a change, they should take leadership and take initiative and go talk with other members and then kind of start realizing and then navigating the frustration and the differences within their idea of change. And I'm glad you bring up what's best for a community and what individual members think and what their subjective opinions are, because you have, throughout at least your past four years, I suspect, navigated various communities, especially coming to the U.S. from Palestine. And I want to know, relating change to rejoining a community, what you think the experience is like of rejoining, and if it is a new joining, or if there are familiar aspects that make it easier than the initial joining of a community. So with the experience of rejoining communities, I think that there will be challenges and that one needs to embrace the fact that if they were living a part of their communities for a couple of years, then they cannot simply rejoin that community or in a sense that communities, as I mentioned earlier, are dynamic and constantly changing. So first, one needs to come with an attitude of realizing and embracing the fact, okay, I've been apart from a community for a couple of years, but I deeply care about that community. So the first step would be, quote to quote, catching up and going and talking with active members of the society and realizing, okay, what changed? And then from there, a person needs to become an active participant, right? So if I go back to my hometown, Ramallah, in the West Bank, and I'm still in touch with most of my friends, and I'm always trying to be updated with what's happening, the challenge is first that I will definitely need to talk with all the people at home who are doing the work on the ground and then start volunteering and taking initiatives. And afterwards, then I will be able to fully rejoin the community. And this may be a bit of a shorter episode, but in conclusion, what are some things you'd like the audience to think about specifically related to joining a community? Advice you have for people joining a community for the first time, like a college or a new town, or thoughts you'd like them to consider? So I would like our audience to consider the importance of respecting the traditions and the culture of a community. So when we are joining or rejoining, and especially joining a community, we need to first be observant. We need to go out of our way to understand the dynamics and to understand the history and the way this community was shaped. Second, after we do this kind of initial period of understanding the community and its members, we need to take initiative and leadership and becoming active participant. And after becoming active participant, then we would start realizing that there are certain changes that need to be made or certain improvements that need to be made. And within that, then we need, again, to take leadership and to reach out to different members to try to work with the majority of stakeholders of a community to try to achieve that change. But first and foremost, what's important is being committed and devoted to that community and realizing that we have an obligation and responsibility towards that community since our understanding of the word will be reshaped by that community. I completely agree. I don't have much to add except to say that I would encourage listeners as members of some communities, because I believe we all are members of one community or another, to consider roles that communities need filled, places where communities need more support or more human effort to be put forth. And I'd also like listeners to think about larger communities, for example, nations, and how we interact with communities that we cannot always envision or see in a small or relatively closed space. Because 
many of us do belong to nations and larger communities that have much higher stakes and much more nebulous and constantly changing values. And I think that's worth considering just introspectively. And of course, Kasai, thank you very much for coming on again. It was great to have you. Thank you so much for having me over again. And I look forward to coming back to your show in the future. Absolutely. We would be honored to have you. And of course, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have thoughts or opinions you would like to share, please feel free to reach out to us via Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us via email at stridensaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider reviewing the show and subscribing and also recommending it to a friend. We would love our audience to expand and our conversation consequently to expand as well. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.